I am sure you have heard the phrase, oh, boys will be boys, or he is all boy. But have you ever stopped to think about what that even means? And is it a good thing? Our culture today seems to be on a mission to stamp out everything boyish about our little boys. But what can we do about it? And how can we let our boys be the boys that God has designed them to be? We have a very special guest on the show today who is going to help us answer these questions. Welcome to episode 46 of Redeeming the Chaos. I'm your host, Laurie Christine. This is the podcast for moms who may feel a bit frazzled and overwhelmed by the responsibility of raising boys. If you want your boys to grow up to be strong, courageous young men who are fully committed to following Jesus, this is the show for you. In all the chaos of raising boys, we recognize that Christ is the only one who can redeem the chaos in our world, our homes, and our own hearts. I know that I can't do this alone. I desperately need God to give me strength every step of this journey. But guess what? I also need you. I would love for you to join me on this wild, wonderful, chaotic adventure of raising courageous boys and connecting their hearts to Christ. Our special guest today is Mark Hancock. Mark Hancock is an award-winning writer, conference speaker, and the CEO of Trail Life USA, a national organization whose mission is to guide generations of courageous young men to honor God, lead with integrity, serve others, and experience outdoor adventure. Mark holds degrees in mental health counseling and spent several years in private practice, as well as many years serving in pastoral roles. He is the author of the book, Why Are We Sitting Here Until We Die?, as well as two booklets, Let Boys Be Boys, Three Winning Strategies for Leaders of Boys, and Five Critical Needs of Boys. He has two sons of his own, and he is a leading expert on raising boys to be courageous, godly men. Mark Hancock, welcome to Redeeming the Chaos. Laura, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. Well, we are excited to jump into our topic today. We are going to talk about the topic of how our boys can be boys, how we as moms can encourage our sons to be the boys that God designed them to be. And then we are going to talk a little bit more about Mark's organization, Trail Life USA, and the importance that dads play in our boys' lives. So this would be a great episode to share with your husband or your son's dad or a grandfather or male leaders at your church. So I would encourage you to to share this episode with them. So Mark, I just want to talk a little bit about our culture and just kind of the state of our culture today. What are some of the messages that our culture is sending us about our boys and how are those messages negatively impacting our sons? Oh, wow. What a, what a question that is. I loved your introduction. You know, it, it seems like boys in our culture today, boyhood itself is some sort of social disease that we're trying to eradicate or something like there's something wrong with boyhood today. And it's really sad. Boys are now twice as likely to be in special education, three times more likely to have ADHD. They have fallen behind girls in every single academic category. There's now more girls going to college, more girls getting master's degrees, doctoral degrees, graduating from college, and there are boys. That's totally flipped over the last 40 years. Boys are being mowed down in record numbers by suicide and uh, depression and drug abuse and all those things. It just really seems like everything is pointed against boys. They're just not appreciated 
for their differences and for the for the wonder of boys. And it doesn't seem to be taking any any turn for the better. You know, we've gone through generations of of men and fathers kind of being dismissed by our by our media and our sitcoms and everything that kind of speaks to this toxic masculinity and and really taking out of uh, boyhood the wonder of what it is of what it is to be a to be a boy. So we talk about like the difference between boys and girls, and I think one of the big things that our society is saying is that there is no difference. There's no difference between boys and girls. They're all the same. You know, it's only our social constructs and biases that have pushed them into these molds and these expectations. What would you say to that? And what are some of the ways that that boys are different, that God has designed them to be unique and to be different in really exciting ways. So what, what would you say to that? Yeah, well, that's really part of the tide that we're, we're up against is, is these so-called scientists saying things that aren't scientific. You know, the truth is boys and girls are different in so, so many ways. And we talk about it in the book, Let Boys Be Boys. And we talk about you know, the differences and we've got to embrace that there are physical, psychological differences, developmental differences between boys and girls. Boys develop much more slowly than girls and in a number of ways, socially, academically. Moms know this, you know, and engaged teachers know this. They know that boys and girls are different, yet we seem to be listening to these so-called experts saying that they're the same. And that just isn't the truth. You know, the studies in the womb have shown us that a baby boy in the womb will respond differently to stimuli than a baby girl. So that isn't some sort of uh, social construct there. That's that's in the womb. You know, no one has told them yet what who it is that they're supposed to be or how it is they're supposed to act. You know, there's, there's biological difference. Boys' eyes are constructed differently than girls. Boys are much more sensitive to, to motion that's in the distance. And girls are much more sensitive and tuned to things up close. Well, why do you suppose that is? Well, boys are designed to see things in the distance and in motion because as that man in the household, they needed to see dangers perhaps on the horizon or things that are coming up. And girls need to be able to hold that baby in their arms and concentrate on that child's face and pick up every little thing going on there. Well, how does that translate into a school situation? Well, you've got a worksheet that's put in front of a boy but he's distracted by something outside the window, you know, squirrel, you know, because his <laughs> eyes are designed to do that. And the girl, of course, yeah. she's right there with a worksheet in front of her. And so so she's good with that. She's happy in that space. So a lot of these these places and these these cultural things that we've set up for boys and girls to interact like schools are designed for girls. And so boys start out behind, you know, the, the brain develops more slowly in boys. So we're trying to get children to read younger and younger. Well, boys just aren't ready for that. So they start out in a school environment. Their brain isn't ready yet for them to begin to engage in these sorts of lessons and to learn this stuff. So they start out behind and they start out feeling like, you know, there must be something wrong with me. I don't fit here. And that's how they begin their educational experience is with that message. I don't fit here. I can't do this because the truth is they can't. The brain just actually isn't ready for that. And then, of course, later on, and then we begin uh, teaching boys older, if we wait a while until they're developmentally ready, they engage and they love an educational academic experience because it's something they're ready for. So all these things are kind of turned against against boys. Boys favor risk and competition. And, uh, you know, they're, they're more engaged when there's something at, at stake. So in our society today with participation trophies or nobody's keeping score, or everybody gets an award, that's just uh, counterintuitive to the boy who's like, 
why even try? You know, if nobody's going to win, why even try? So we drive them to an environment like video games where they can compete, where they can get scores, where they can get better and where they can win and where they can fail and come back and succeed and they can get better and better and achieve levels. That's a world that they excel in and they love that world. And then we criticize them for spending so much time in that world because we've taken it out of of the natural world. So we have to restore these things to boys, things like risk and competition, things like recognizing the biological, psychological differences between boys and girls and recognize their strengths for what it is that they have to offer us as a society rather than criticize them for that. Yeah, it's no wonder that boys are drawn to those video games and then get addicted to those video games. And then we we criticize them for for that addiction where what they need is an outlet for that competition and sure. that risk taking and, and things like yeah. that. Yeah, no, video game designers do a, a great job of attracting boys. We need to learn from what it is that they've done. What are they attracted to? Risk and competition mm-hmm. and score and levels. And you just don't find that in our society today. We've taken it out of everywhere. You know, California, they've removed tag from the public schools because they think that it, it, it hurts the emotional development of a child to not win in that game. Well, you know what? That boy loves the, loves both succeeding and the challenge of, of getting better. And so he's going to go to a video game where, where that where that need is met. Yeah, it's probably doing more to hurt their emotional stability when they when they don't have that competition. Sure. So we talk about on the podcast, our, the podcast is called Redeeming the Chaos. And I know for moms that resonates with them because they feel like with raising boys that a lot of times life is chaotic and out of control and in their minds, whereas what the boys really need is just that physical activity and that movement and the multi-sensory learning and all of those things. So what are some ways that we can kind of refocus our minds to have the mindset of not eliminating the chaos? We're not trying to get rid of it, but we're trying to redeem it and we're trying to embrace it so that our boys um, can learn and have what they need. What are what are some tips that you would have for moms? Well, you know, uh, boys need to practice self-soothing and they need to practice controlling their own emotions and bringing themselves down from exciting things. So moms know this. Moms know that they don't want a lot of excitement in the household because Jimmy will get out of control and he'll never get things back together again, whatever. And so Jimmy never learns to do that because mom is sit still, be quiet, pay attention. I need, I need quiet right now. And constantly in that kind of environment, that boy never learns how to go up and go back down. Now, dad shows up at the end of the day and says, here I am, you know, wrestling on the ground, getting the boy engaged, exciting, the thrill to have dad. And then he leaves the room, you know, and the mom is left with, geez, you know, I had this whole household right, nice and quiet. Now look what you've given me. But that's actually practice for that young man to say, okay, I've elevated with dad. Now I need to practice soothing myself and calming myself down because now it's time for dinner. So we actually, by rehearsing boys in that sort of thing, where they can handle the excitement, they can handle that chaos, but soothe themselves and calm themselves is huge. Because if they don't get a chance to practice that at home, we send them to school 
and there's constant distraction and potential for chaos. So the first time the classroom, like you've experienced as a teacher, the classroom starts to move towards being out of control or somebody does something, a door slams, a duck walks into the room, an airplane flies over, whatever it is, you feel like you've lost control because at home, those students have not learned how to soothe themselves and how to, and how to focus, how to, how to have those emotions go up and then learn and practice bringing them back down again. They, they, they're just not learning that in an environment that's controlled all the time. So particularly for boys, they've got to have an outlet, a male-focused environment, something like a trail life troop or something like that, where it's boys and it's men who are out there and they're managing those highs and they're managing those lows. And that boy gets to practice it so that when he sits in that classroom and the duck walks in and the play flies over or the teacher drops something or another kid sneezes or whatever it is, that he can then, he can still soothe himself, bring himself back under control and refocus and be, and be part of that, that classroom again. We're trying to remove all those distractions from their environment rather than teaching them the reality that there will always be distractions in your environment. You've got to learn to manage them well, and that's part of what it means to be maturing. Because now we're raising adults. I talk about them. We're raising a generation of, of unproductive narcissists. You know, they're, they're unproductive because we haven't expected anything from them except for sit still, be quiet, pay attention. And they're narcissists because we haven't let them fail because we protected them from failure. So boys sit around and they talk about how they're going to be the next whatever, the next Elon Musk, the next next Bill Gates, or they're going to invent a video game. They're going to do this. Well, do you know how to do math? No, not really. But they have all these ideas about what it is that they can do because they haven't had a chance to try and fail because we have so settled their environment. So in Trail Off USA, we give them risk, competition, awards. They get feedback on what it is that they're doing. They're in a patrol. They get to lead. They get to be led. They get the experience of leading. They get the experience of standing in front of a group that's a little bit chaotic and learning how to bring that thing into focus. And then also have the empathy to say, hey, there's sometimes I'm chaotic and I now know how that feels on the other side. So they're learning empathy in those kind of situations. We're in a situation where they're at home with mom who's trying to keep things under control or in a classroom where everybody around them is trying to keep it under control. They don't get to practice or experience recovering from that chaos and bringing uh, peace and self-soothing. Sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, Mark, you are the CEO of an organization called Trail Life USA. Tell us, what is this organization? What do you do? And how do you serve men and boys with this organization? Well, thank you, Lori. Trail of USA is a Christ-centered, boy-focused, adventure character leadership organization. Uh, it's an outdoor organization, as you can imagine. Uh, we have things like handbooks and patrols and awards and hiking and camping and all those things were formed in uh, over 900 troops in all 50 states across the country. Right now we have almost 40,000 trailmen participating in our, in our program, about eight years old. But the, the, the main things about us, when you look, you may say, well, there's other organizations that kind of do that. They've been around a while, but Trail Life is number one, Christ-centered. And number two, we are boy-focused, which means that we firmly believe that boys and girls are different and that boys need programs that are specifically designed uh, for their strengths. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I only recently learned about Trail Life USA, and I had never heard of it before. But as I did more research and looked at their website, I was just so excited to see what you guys are doing. And I think it's just a very needed ministry to boys and, and to men as well. My boys, I have four boys, and they just recently got involved with 
Boy Scouts with a, or a Cub Scouts. I guess they're not quite at the Boy Scout level. They just got involved with Cub Scouts just this year, like three months ago. <laughs> and then I learned about you guys. I was like, oh man, <laughs> I wish I had known about you a couple months ago. And it's not necessarily too late. And I am having conversations with my husband to see how he would feel about maybe <laughs> switching over. I don't know how he feels about that. <laughs> so, so it is similar, a similar structure to some of the scouting organizations. But as you said, it is very male focused, just boys and men. And, and it's Christ centered, which I think is so great to have male leadership that is godly and wants to follow the Lord. And you're looking at the Bible and seeing what the Bible has to say about life. And I just think that is so important. So why do you think that it's so important to have these male-specific organizations and activities? Like, why not just throw everybody together, like at a youth group event or things like that? Why do why do boys need their own special organization? Yeah, well, as we know, boys and girls are different. And so it would only make sense that the programs that we're developing for them are designed for their strengths. And I would say that when we talk about the proven process that Trail Life USA follows in order to turn boys into godly men, we talk about four primary problems in our, our society, particularly boys today. One is that boys are unguided, meaning there's a real shortage of male role models. 43% of boys are raised by a single mom. 76% of teachers are female. So boys are predominantly around women and women are wonderful. But a boy, in order to turn into man, has, has a much better shot at doing that if he has some good, strong male role models. So it leaves a boy with a question, what does it mean to be a man? Because there just may not be a, a man in his life showing him that. And so the solution is to provide models and mentors and examples of godly men. And that's what we do in Trail Life. We, we provide trained, background checked, equipped Christian men. Every adult in our organization signs a statement of faith and a statement of values that talks about things like what the definition of marriage is and talks about purity and integrity and and stewardship and service. All those things are, are wrapped up into every adult member of the program. We have about 12,000 of them across the country. So they are intent on raising the next generation of boys. So we're providing an environment that guides boys. And the second thing we say, boys are ungrounded. You know, in our, in our society today, 58% of Americans no longer believe that God and the Bible are the means for determining morality. You know, that's tough. How do you raise a boy in an environment? You know, his questions are, where are the boundaries? What's right and what's wrong? You can't begin a discussion of what's right and what's wrong if you don't have a foundation for truth. Because what is right and what is wrong? Maybe your right is different than mine. But the Bible provides an unmoving foundation for character to be built on. So we think that it's important for boys to have an unmoving, sure, generationally eon-tested foundation for truth. So we can talk to boys about right and wrong because the Bible tells us about right and wrong. Another organization may not be able to do that. So we provide that unmoving foundation, our unapologetically Christian stance with the Bible as a foundation for truth. We have Christian worldview worked into every badge, every program. It's not really churchy, but it's in there. We talk about it being like the carrot and the carrot cake. If you get a piece of carrot cake, you don't get big chunks of carrot in there, but there's carrot in every bite. And that's how Christ-likeness is infused throughout the entire program. And the third thing, we talk about how boys are unappreciated. You know, the gender blurring in our society fails to provide the real explanation of the differences between boys and girls, the developmental differences, IQ, intellectual development, all those things are different. And so boys are somewhat always behind girls. And so they have this sense that they're some, somehow deficient. So the boys question that is, where do I belong? 
I don't fit here in school because I can't keep up. I don't fit over here because I can't, because I want to run or I want to play or I want to do something else that I'm being instructed not to do. Where do I belong? And so in Trail Life, we provide environments that are geared to the strengths of boys. It's a boy-focused program with activities that help them. And the final thing is we talk about how boys are uninspired. You know, boys need risk and competition. They lose interest when there's not anything at stake. So the boys question, and moms will see this in their boys all the time, is why even try? Why even try? Why do we even want to try? There's, there's no winner. There's no loser here. So in Trail Life, we provide challenging activities that allow boys to succeed and win and be recognized for what it is that they're achieving and also let them fail and recover because that's huge. And we have more young men living at home ever in the history since they started counting that in the 1960 census. And the reason is, is we have these young men who are leaving their household and they fail for the first time and then they run home. They don't know how to recover from failure. The only place they're learning that is in video games where they get another life or another chance. But in real world, we're not letting them fail. Uh, so Trail Life provides a robust awards program with challenging physical uh, spiritual objectives that let boys experience victory and also work at something really hard. Recently, we had a situation in North Carolina where a father was removed from the household for horrible, horrible reasons. And the mother, 15 years of marriage and never had a job, is now left with four kids at home. And a Trail Life troop went to her and said, hey, we want to help you with your boys. And another family stepped up and bought their uniforms and helped them. And her oldest son, 14, 15 years old, went on his first trip, which was a 50-mile hike. And he got back at the end of that, I think it was four days, five days. And he said, Mom, that was the hardest thing I ever did. He said, the first day I was so sore, I couldn't move. The second day I pulled myself out of my tent and I just trudged every step. The third day, I thought I was going to die. The fourth day, I stood on the summit of that mountain, and it was the most amazing thing I've ever done in my life. That trail I took had him do something hard, push his limits, and he won. Well, that was pure gold to that single mom who was now going through a very difficult challenge with her son and was able to say to him, hey, listen, you've done hard things. You're going to be okay. This is hard but you're going to be okay. Those types of experiences inspire boys in a culture that takes a lot of inspiration away. So in Trail Life, that's what we focus on, those four things. Boys are unguided, so we guide them. Boys are ungrounded, so we ground them. Boys are unappreciated, so we appreciate them. Boys are uninspired, so we inspire them. And that's making all the difference in, in raising godly boys. That is so great. I just want to sign my kids up right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that a lot of times... You have a lot of dads that are involved, as well as other male father figures. Tell us a little bit about how dads play a role in working with their sons. I know that you want dads to be involved and to be active with their children. So talk a little bit about that and why it's so important for dads to be involved with their sons. Sure. Well, I, you know, I think any mom would agree that, that the more her son can be involved with her husband, the stronger his foundation will be in growing up. And every mom's desire is that the husband will take an interest in that son. Well, what the outdoors does and what Trail Life does is provides a sort of level playing field. There's so many places in our world today that <clears throat> the fathers are no longer the experts. You know, let's say this is first generation being raised by Google. You know, if, if you're a young man, if you want to know where babies come from, you don't ask dad, you ask Google. And so the outdoors is this amazing level playing field where dads can again connect with sons and they can discover together 
the wonder of the outdoors when talk to him about how a seed sprouts or how a river is, is formed or how, you know, in the wonderful outdoors, all this interaction takes place there. But Lori, one of the secrets of trail life is that it's also a ministry to men because those dads get out there with the other dads and the boys bed down for the night, but the, the men are around that campfire. And that's where he, they have these real deep, wonderful conversations about, you know, hey, I saw the way that you interacted with your son. How did you build that relationship with your son? Because I don't have that kind of connection. How did you do that? Or, hey, I'm really struggling at work with this particular thing. And so the men begin to bond in these situations with each other. So it's a great ministry for dads to be a part of, to strengthen themselves, but also spend the time with their sons. And then we also talk about, we really believe that any legitimate call to manhood must include the call to be a dad or a dad like to a boy that doesn't have a dad. We have so many single moms. I met a single mom in Virginia not too long ago. We were at a campfire after an event. She said, I have to thank you. She said, 10 years ago, my husband died and left me with a two-year-old son. She said, now here I am. He's 12 years old. He's a navigator in Trail Life USA, surrounded by godly men. She said, I cried out to God and said, you have got to send godly men to help me raise my son. And here he is surrounded by these godly men. My husband would want me to thank you. Now, that's powerful stuff. So, so we have a lot of men in our program who don't have a son in the program, but they understand the, the, the power of discipling the next generation, and they understand that there's so many boys without dads who just need a male role model to pay attention, to make sure, hey, do you have your handbook with you? Did you bring your sleeping bag? Do you need a ride on Tuesday night? Did you understand that badge? All those things that I asked my sons as we grew up in Boy Scouts and as we grew up in trail life, all that place that I was present for my sons to help them be successful there, these boys without dads, they need are in desperate need of men to take that position in their lives. And so we background check the child safety protection, train these men, make sure that they are in agreement with our faith statement. We hold them to a high standard for the way that they walk in front of these boys. And so, so when you talk about it being a ministry to, to a boy and a father, yes. When you talk about it being a ministry to a man who's looking for a band of brothers, yes. When you talk about it being a ministry to that boy who doesn't have a dad, yes. When you talk about it being an answer to prayer for that mom who's been crying out, somebody to help her with her son, yes. It meets all those intersections and it's making a difference. Hmm. That is amazing. And I know that we've talked on this podcast before too about you know, what can moms do who maybe their husband isn't involved or maybe they're a single mom or... Or maybe dad's around, but just isn't interested in investing in their son. So I love that this organization provides those male role models and the male leadership. And I was just thinking about the men sitting around the campfire, building relationships and learning how to communicate and being intimate with each other. It's modeling to their sons how to have those same friendships as they're growing up too. Like, this is what community looks like. This is what it looks like to to be in relationship with other men. Because I think a lot of men and boys don't know how to how to do that. No, they don't. I remember in, in the 80s and 90s, we went through this movement in the church for accountability. And we thought that that would help men develop close friendships. So we said, go have coffee with a man. And so you sit across the table at him in a restaurant we just don't engage that way. That's too intense for us emotionally. Women can do that. They can talk all day face to face. But for men, it's like, seriously, you know, where, where we connect is next to each other. Yeah. 
whether it's turning the wrench on a car or hiking down a trail or sitting around a fire, we've got something else to do. Mm-hmm. But in the context of that something else, we're building connections with each other. And uh, so, so yeah, we really love trail life for that because if you have a husband who doesn't have a lot of friends, he's not putting himself out there, that's kind of threatening for him to make himself vulnerable in that way to connect with another man. Trail life is a place you can go and you can be a tough guy as much as you want to be. But you hang around those guys strong enough, you're going to discover your band of brothers. They're going to find that soft spot in the middle of your heart, and they're going to win you and make you a better man. Tell us, what are some ways that dads can connect with their kids on a heart level? And I think that one of those things you just mentioned is just doing things together, side by side, working on the car together, going fishing. What are some other ways that that dads can just connect to their sons on a deeper level. Yeah, well, you got to start with the understanding that that their son really wants that. And as as awkward as it may seem at, at first, if, if you decide I'm going to connect with my son, it can be a little bit frightening for him as much as it, it is for you as a man to be vulnerable or enter into some sort of a, a relationship that could be emotional, for gosh sakes. <laughs> but you have to understand that, that boy is really craving that input from his father and that closer connection with his dad. Now, for younger guys... In our program, it's a Woodlands Trail. It's kindergarten through fifth grade, the younger ones. We say, when you come upon one of those young men, you've got to drop to one knee and you got to meet them eye to eye. And this is the same at any level, but those little guys, you got to get down eye level. And it's always fascinating to me to do this because I do this wherever I am. If I see a, uh, a, a young man who's shorter than I am, I'll drop down on one knee and their whole world opens up. Laura, you know this as a mother of four boys. You know that their entire life is looking up at, at all the faces up there. Well, when a man drops to one knee and meets a young boy face to face, it's almost like Jesus coming to earth. It's that same kind of thing. It's like, wow, one of those faces from up there is coming down here and connecting with me. You got to do that. Eye to eye contact, physical touch. You got to put a hand on that boy's shoulder and, and also focused attention. You know, boys don't really care about what it is you have to say until you've heard what it is that they have to say. So for those boys, you get, it's got to be eye contact, physical touch, focused attention. With older boys, our navigators program, a middle grade thing, you've got to build a bridge with those boys before you can carry them a truth. We think that truth is enough. We think that we can just lecture the heck out of those middle-aged boys and they'll be just fine. No, they need a bridge. If you're trying to carry something heavy, you better have a bridge or that relationship is going to break. You have to have a relational connection before you can start bringing them any truth. And for high school age boys, we call them adventurers, they're dealing with new thoughts of their own. And so you've got to listen to them talk about crazy talk. You can't interrupt them and say, oh, that's never going to happen. You kind of got to let them fantasize in this world where they're taking the knowledge and the understanding they've gained and they're working in a different way. And they would love to have somebody just listen to their wild ideas about the video game they're going to create or about how they're going to build this or do that or be this or be that. And sometimes you just have to set logic aside because they're experimenting with a connection to see if you will listen to them. And so you've got to give them plenty of room to talk about their crazy ideas without shutting them down. And and it's an art to listen to, to a young man in high school, of course, they know everything already. So you kind of got to let it be okay for them to think that they know everything. You don't have to cut them down. Give them some space to go ahead and talk about the stuff they think they know about. 
after you have heard them, they're then ready to hear you. So that's my encouragement for younger guys. Eye contact, physical touch, focused attention. Middle grade guys, you got to build a bridge. Older guys, you got to listen to their craziness and not cut them off and be willing to enter that kind of fantasy space with them. Then you build a relationship that can, that can hold some weight. And I would imagine that's good advice for both dads and moms as far as building relationships and connecting Absolutely. with their boys. Absolutely. Yeah. Boys get, get, get a lot more female interaction than they do from males. So I would speak to men and say, my gosh, we have to do this. We have, we have to be better at this. Women are so good at connecting emotionally. We have to work at it. We have to work extra hard, not just be there, but also make sure that we're connecting. No matter how uh, counterintuitive it is for us, we have to develop skills to connect with our sons and with other boys. Tell us if we have listeners who want to get involved with Trail Life, what do they do? Where should they go? How do they get involved? Love to traillifeusa.com, traillifeusa.com, two L's in the middle. And there's a tab there, I think it says Get Connected, and you can, there's a Find a Troop tab. And then you see a map of the United States. You can put in your zip code. It'll show you all the troops nearby and you can click on it, contact that troop and tell them you're interested in coming by and visiting. That's how you find a troop. If there's not a troop nearby, you can click on the tab that says start a troop. And you can find out it takes five adults in a church uh, in order to, to start a trail off troop. And we're finding that when they join us, when a church charters a troop, they say, well, we're going to have about 20 boys. But when they open about 30 days later, they usually have about double that. Boys are coming out of the woodwork to be a part of Trail Off USA. Like I said, almost 40,000 uh, trailmen now across the country and 900 troops. We're, we're growing really fast because we're meeting this need. And you have a, a booklet uh, that's called Let Boys Be Boys. Tell us just briefly about that booklet and where our listeners can get a hold of that. Sure. They can download that for free right now at our website, trailoffusa.com. That's called Let Boys Be Boys. It's three winning strategies for leaders of boys. And it talks about those things. The three main differences between boys and girls. One is that there's biological, psychological differences in the eye, the ear, the brain, developmental differences. It talks about how boys are relying on risk and competition in order to excel and also the value of movement in a boy's life. Harvard professors tell us that boys have to move in order to, for their brain to be activated, which is why boys fidget. You know, they're intuitive. They, they know they've got to move in order for their brain to stay engaged. And of course, we punish them or we tell them they have ADHD because they can't sit still. But they're telling us, I've, if you want my brain, you're going to get this body too. And it's got to move for it to happen. So it talks about things like that, practical things for leaders of boys, whether it's a Sunday school program or youth program. <clears throat> I did a presentation a few weeks ago where I had a wrestling coach, a football coach, and a youth pastor all in the room. And when I got through talking, they were all like, man, you put words to everything I've known for 15, 20 years of, of doing this, of what it is that, that boys need just from that from that simple booklet. So I encourage you to download this. I think you can also get for free right now also Five Critical Needs of Boys, which is another free booklet available right now at our website. Yes. And I will have links to both of those booklets in the show notes for today. So before we go, do you have any last final tips or encouragement for our moms listening today? I just want to encourage your moms. You're not crazy and, and your boys aren't crazy either. It's a God design where he appreciates values, created, designed those differences and as crazy as it may feel, the job that you're doing to be there for that boy and, uh, and nurture him, is, it's, it's, it's beautiful stuff. It's, it's, it's a God job. Thanks for doing it. Mark, any final tips or encouragements 
for our dads that are listening today? Yeah, I would just encourage the dads to take on this great challenge, just like I talk about in the book, that, that this is a big deal. And, you know, connection with a son, it's doable. It's easier than you think. And, and it's essential for his success. And, it, and at the end of your life, or possibly even just a year from now, you will understand that that investment is probably the most wonderful, powerful investment you, you have to make into the next generation. So I encourage you, step out, be bold, and uh, we're here to help. Well, thank you so much, Mark, for joining us today on Redeeming the Chaos. And we are just really appreciative for having you here on the show with us. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us for Redeeming the Chaos today. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Mark Hancock from Trail Life USA. If you would like to connect with your son on a deeper level, I have a special quiz for you. I have created this fun quiz that will help you get to know your son a little bit better. It will help you understand some of his strengths and weaknesses, and it will give you some tips on how to connect with his heart on a deeper level. If you would like to check out my new quiz, go to lauriechristine.com slash quiz. You can also find a link in the show notes for this episode at redeemingthechaos.com.